Have you ever heard God call you to surrender your life to him? I mean, you had this sense of conviction. The Holy Spirit was at work in your life. And you knew that God was calling you to lay down your life for his purposes, for doing his will. Not all of you, but some of you know what I'm talking about. That that powerful experience of God saying, I want you. I, I want to use your life for my purposes. I, I have a plan for your life. Would you lay down your life and let me empower you to do what you never thought could happen through your life? What did you do with that call? Did you follow it? Did you follow it for a while and then let it go? Are you still following it? If you've not heard or experienced that kind of call, I'm, I'm praying that you will, and, and I'm praying that you will surrender. And for those of you who kind of just let the call go, I'm praying that you will renew your commitment to that call. Let me tell you about a night when God spoke clearly and powerfully to me. I will really date myself with this, but here goes. It was, 30, it was Thursday, December 30th, 1976, before half of you were even born. But anyways, <laughs> I was attending the InterVarsity Urbana Missionary Conference with 17,000 other college and university-aged young adults at the University of Illinois in Urbana. There were maybe six busloads of us that came from Toronto. The theme of the missionary conference was declare his glory among the nations that was taken from Psalm 96. The speaker at this life-defining Thursday night was the old-time evangelist Billy Graham. And I'm sure more than a few of you remember him. He was a powerful evangelist and missionary statesman who lived his life to the glory of God, led hundreds of thousands to faith in Jesus, maybe even millions. I mean, in his life, it is estimated that he preached to some 215 million people who attended more than uh, 400 crusades, simulcast evangelistic rallies, and more than 185 countries and territories. I mean, it's just incredible to think about. On Thursday, December 30th, 1976, he was preaching to more than 17,000 students, and I was one of them. And little did I know at the time, but Jane was one of them too. As Graham wrapped up his message, he said, because God has declared his glory and because we have beheld his glory, we must act. And then he warned us about the high cost of true commitment to Jesus, that following Jesus is costly. We were given these cards to fill out and most chose the first commitment where the students stated that they were willing and ready to serve abroad or actively seek God's guidance concerning placements somewhere outside of North America. Hey, it was a missionary conference and the purpose was to recruit missionaries. I prayed and I struggled about that. I wanted to do what God wanted me to do, but I just didn't get a sense that God was calling me to another country as a missionary. Now, uh, in our Alliance Church family, we call them international workers today, but yeah, I almost felt like a second-class citizen when I knew I couldn't, in an all-good conscience, check off the box and just stand with everybody else at that moment. And, and quite frankly, I, I knew that many of them were carried away by the emotion of the moment, not by the Spirit of God, and I just couldn't do that. The pressure seemed intense. I wanted to do what God was calling me to do, but... World missions was not what I sensed the Spirit was speaking to me. But then, 
an overwhelming sense of the presence of Jesus uh, came upon me, calling me to look at the next box on the card. Would I surrender my life to serving God in my home country? Would I be an evangelist in my home country? Would I declare God's glory in Canada? And I said yes and checked off the box and stood in that massive auditorium with thousands of others. It was a clear and compelling call. It was a call to full surrender. Now, I wrestled with that call over for the next year or so, but God, he did not relent. And a year and a half later, I graduated from the University of Toronto and enrolled in Tyndale Seminary in preparation for pastoral ministry. December 30th, 1976 was a defining moment in my life. Have you had a defining moment in your life where you just gave it all to Jesus? And you said, anywhere, anytime, anything, I am yours, Lord, anywhere, anytime, anything. Most of you will not get called into full-time ministry. Some of you might. Most of you will not get called to be missionaries or international workers, but some of you might. But all of you who take Jesus seriously, Jesus will call you to serve him sacrificially, to lay down your lives for the sake of others, to lead your family and lay down their lives for the sake of others. And friends, if you've got kids, it's a family deal you and your whole household. That as you lay down your life, others will come to know Jesus and be transformed by his love and healing presence. There's not a one of you who Jesus does not want to use to make an incredibly powerful difference in the lives of others. Not a one of you. Jesus wants to use you. And he wants you to say to him, yes, Lord, anywhere, anytime, anything, my life is in your hands to be used of you for your purposes and glory. My life is in your hands to be your instrument of blessing in the lives of others, in the lives of my family, the people I work with, the lives of my neighbors and who my kids play with. Friends, you were blessed by God to be a blessing. You were not blessed by God just to be blessed. You get the blessing and you give it away. You, you do know that you're blessed, right? The only way to live the life you yearn to live is to give away the life that God gives you. The only way to be filled full of joy is to live beyond yourself. You are blessed to be a blessing. Friends, you want this. You, you don't just want to experience God's blessing, but you, you want God to use you to bless others. But as Billy Graham told those of us at Urbana all those years ago, it does cost. Oh, but it's worth every penny. It's worth every sacrifice. It's worth a total realignment of how you live your life. There is nothing like participating in what God is doing in our city and world. And our model in all of this is Jesus. At Fort City, we, we have a mission statement, making Jesus visible as we live and love like him. It, it's a sweet mission statement that's absolutely useless if we don't all rise to the challenge of living and loving like Jesus. It's a useless statement if we're not willing to pay the price of surrendering our lives fully and wholly to Jesus. It's a useless statement if we're not willing to say to Jesus when we're at work or at home or at play, God, anywhere, including right here, anytime, including right now, anything, just speak to me. I am listening and will do as you lead me. Now, today is Communion Sunday. We see up front emblems of Jesus' death on the cross. 
Jesus sacrificially surrendered his life to the will of the Father for your benefit and mine. We want to look at that a bit today. And then in response, surrender our lives to Jesus. We partake of communion, remembering that Jesus surrendered his lives for us. When we talk about wanting to live and love like Jesus, Jesus is our model. What he did on the cross is our model. Okay, as we choose to follow Jesus, as we choose to follow the way of the cross, as we choose to live and love like Jesus, I want to zero in on, on three things that we need to be willing to do. There is no cost in coming to Jesus. There is no cost in receiving his blessing. But there is a huge cost that comes when we choose to give those blessings away, when we choose to live like Jesus. Let me talk about three of those costs. Number one, the first cost that is associated with living like Jesus is I no longer worry about pleasing everyone. Now, this is going to be a big one for some of you because some of you are people pleasers, right? And you let other people dominate your life. They, they control your life. You're, you're always worried about what other people think. And, and because you're always worried about what other people think, you, you can't be what God wants you to be. But if you choose to live like Jesus, if you choose to think like Jesus, then what happens is you, you won't worry about pleasing everybody. Instead, like Jesus, you will only focus on pleasing God. Now, we're talking about living and loving like Jesus. That means we're not talking about being a jerk for Jesus, okay? No jerks for Jesus. There are far too many people who think all out commitment is being jerks for Jesus and um, think being arrogant about what they believe is somehow God-honoring. Too many think spewing hate and condemnation on people who do not believe as they believe is somehow a good thing. It is not. But on the other hand, we'll look at Jesus. Jesus was never manipulated by crowds or by the approval or disapproval of anybody else. He lived for an audience of one. When you live in love like Jesus, that's what you do. When you live for an audience of one, I, I mean, look at what Jesus said. I only try to please the one who sent me. Wouldn't that simplify life? Uh, a reason some of you get stressed out is you're trying to please everybody, and, and the time you get crowd A please, crowd B gets ticked at you, you want to fit in at work, but sometimes that conflicts with your values on and on. Jesus says, I only try to please the one who sent me. That simplifies life. If God likes what I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. Now, obviously Jesus did kind of a good job at this, right? Take a look at what his father said of him. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Obviously Jesus was doing it right. Now, well, let me give you a little secret. You already know this, but I just want to remind you. The truth is you can't please everybody. Even God can't please everybody, right? Now, somebody's praying for it to be sunny. Somebody's praying for it to rain. Somebody wants snow, and somebody doesn't want snow. Somebody wants their team to win, and on the other side of the ball field, the other team wants their side to win. They're both praying to God, saying, God, make my team win. You do know that Lucas prays for the riders to win. How's that working? Anyways, you can't please everybody. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Friends, you must decide who are you going to live for. Are you going to live for God's approval or other people's approval? Are you going to live for what other people think or what God thinks? 
when you choose to live like Jesus, listen, you will be so secure in your identity and in your purpose as you experience God's presence in your life. You, you won't need to look to other people for validation. So in living like Jesus, I, I, I just want to deal with the elephant in the room and say when you live like Jesus, you won't be living like everyone else. You'll be living different, but different in a good way, in an attractive way. But the pressure, it's always on to conform to how everybody else lives and thinks. When you surrender your life to Jesus, when you say to Jesus, anywhere, anytime, anything, you are choosing to live your life for the approval of one. Sure, this is a decision that's costly, but it's such a worthwhile investment, living your life to please Jesus, um, not everyone else. Living your life to serve God's purposes. There is no other way to a life of deep fulfillment and satisfaction. And while it costs, man, it, it just brings you so much freedom and when you don't have to worry about pleasing everyone but Jesus? Friends, can you see how worthwhile it is to pay the price of making Jesus your number one focus and living to please him? Do you, do you see how actually liberating this is? Do you see what an impact it would have on your life and the life of others? And so, yeah, others brings us to another cost that comes from living like Jesus. Number two, I am willing to live sacrificially for the sake of others. Now let me level with you as we move to this second cost, the cost of living for Jesus is ramping up a bit. Because to live for the pleasure of Jesus means I'm living, I'm willing to live sacrificially for the benefit of others. Now, a lot of people sacrifice a whole lot for themselves, right? A, a lot of people sacrifice even more for their family. But if you're going to be like Christ, you must be willing to sacrifice for the benefit of others beyond you and your family. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. That phrase, lay down my life, means I give up my life. I, I sacrifice, sacrifice myself for the benefit of others. That's what it means to live like Jesus. And In fact, Jesus says uh, many other things. He came to serve, he came to sacrifice, he came to give. Hear these words of Jesus. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now those words right there, friends, summarize the heart of Christianity. There are two verbs in those words that are core to what it means to be a Christian, to serve and to give. Following Jesus, living like Jesus is all about learning to serve others and to give our lives away for the benefit of other people. The writers of the Bible want us to know that if you want to experience life to the full, you've got to give your life away. The only way to experience the life you yearn to experience is when you give it away. But what so many of us are doing in order to get the life we really want is we hang on to our lives, we, we protect our lives, we hang on to our stuff, we fight for our rights, we're closed-fisted with our money. But here comes Jesus telling us we got it all wrong. What you're after, what you yearn for can only be found when you're willing to give it away. Okay. I suspect many of you, not all of you, that's okay, but many of you know the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. Some of you can quote it right off. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. God says loving and giving go together. So if you want to live in love like Jesus, you are a generous giver in every way, your time, your talents, your stuff, your money, 
The Apostle John, who wrote this most famous verse in the Bible, has another John 3.16 verse that you might not know as well. It's 1 John 3.16 in a letter towards the end of the New Testament. Here, uh, John writes, this is how we know what love is. Okay, what is love? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Whoa, come on. I mean, that's a whole new understanding of, of what it means to follow Jesus. That's a whole new understanding of what it means to be a believer. A whole new understanding of what it means to be part of a church family. John says we ought to lay down our lives for each other. That's what it means to live and love like Jesus. That just as God so loved the world that he gave, we ought to love the world by laying, laying down our lives for each other. Let's pause for a second. Let's not rush past this. What are you thinking at this moment? Do you get that following Jesus means being willing to lay down your life for others? That following Jesus means you live sacrificially? That you are a generous giver? I mean, how would you assess the strength of your Christian life by your willingness to live for the benefit of others? Where is the sacrifice in your life for the benefit of, of others? All right. One more cost to consider when Jesus calls us to live like him. It's, it's simple, but it is a cost. Number three, I want to do God's will, not just mine. God's will, not mine. That's a cost. If you want to live like Jesus, i got to ask, what was Jesus like? This is absolutely crucial. Jesus wanted to do his Father's will, not his own. You, you see Jesus saying this over and over, like when he says, I came to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do. Whoa, hold, stop, right? Do you realize what a radical countercultural statement that is? I mean, today, almost no one says, I'm alive to do what God wants me to do. You hear that all the time, right? Seriously, do you say that? I'm alive to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do? No. We all want to say, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do when I want to do it. I want to do it where I want to do it. And I want to do it with whomever I want to do it with. It's a very self-centered world that we are in today. It's all about me. I want to do what I want to do. And yeah, not many people are saying, I came to give my life away. I came to do for others. I, I came to serve and give. Instead, we're saying, I got to do what's best for me. I mean, that, that's the mantra of our culture, right? I got to do what's best for me. But it's not the way of Jesus. Let's look at another statement of Jesus. He says, I want the world to know that I love the Father. That is why I do everything exactly as the Father tells me to do. Now, it's easy to do what God tells you to do when it's easy, and it's easy to do what God tells you to do when it's fun, when it's pleasurable, but how about those times when God asks you to do something that might be painful? That's included too. The writers of the Bible tell us that God did not spare his own son from pain. He let Jesus go to the cross. If God didn't spare his own son from pain, why should he spare me or you? Why should I even assume that God would spare me from pain? It's all part of the plan. Okay. As we look at the communion elements that are up front here, we are reminded of the supreme example of doing what God asks us to do even when it's painful. Jesus, the night before he was going to the cross, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, his favorite place to pray. The night before he's going to the cross, he's in agony, knowing the pain, 
emotionally, physically, spiritually. He's going to face the next day with all of the trials, all of the torture, then the crown of thorns, and then being spit on, then being hit, beaten, scourged 40 times with a whip, and then nailed to a cross. He knows not just the physical pain, but the emotional pain and the pain of carrying the sins of the world, the guilt and the shame of that. In Gethsemane, Jesus says that he wants to do God's will, not his own, even if it's painful. Listen to what Jesus prays to his Father. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. If you want to live and love like Jesus, you may have to experience pain like Jesus. Just saying. Again, there's no cost in coming to Jesus, but living for Jesus, that's costly. Friends, you have, by coming to Jesus, been blessed to be a blessing. That is core to our faith. But sometimes that means you have to endure some pain. You have to pay a cost. Let's not beat around the bush and just admit that following Jesus does not mean everything goes happily ever after. There will be many times in your life, it will not just happen once, there will be many times you're going to have a, a Gethsemane experience where you're in pain, you're hurting, and you're praying, and you would like relief. When you're in pain and you're hurting and, and you don't know what God's will is, God's will for Jesus was to go to the cross. Not to relieve his pain, but to let him go through that pain for the good of other people. Sometimes you suffer for the benefit of others. Christians suffer for the benefit of others. This is our faith. This is our calling. As we start a new school year, the Labor Day weekend is kind of like the New Year's for the church year. As we start a new year, I, I want to give a clear call to you to make a commitment to live for Jesus that you would, this Labor Day weekend, say, I have decided to surrender wholly and fully to Jesus. That this Labor Day weekend, 2022, I have decided to live sacrificially for Jesus. I will pay a price. I will make a difference. Anywhere, anytime, anything. So help me God. Are you willing to make that kind of commitment this morning? It's the only way to the life you really want for yourself, and it's the only way to the life for your family that you want for them. And it's the only way that this city is going to be transformed for the better. I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment, and I invite you to pray it with me. Just pray it in your heart with sincerity. Just follow the words with me, and, and then I'll invite you to go public with that commitment by worshiping Jesus uh, through communion. Communion is a picture of Jesus who went to the cross for you, for your benefit, saying, not my will, but yours be done. Will you say the same? Let's pray. And, and take this prayer and pray it with me and make this Labor Day weekend 2022 a defining moment in your life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you so love the world. Just thank him. I thank you that you so love the world, that you so loved me, that you sent Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay. That you have given me the gift of life that starts now and goes on forever. I thank you for the precious free gift of my salvation. I am literally eternally grateful. Just take a moment and thank God for his gift of salvation to you. Jesus, as you have so radically given your life for my benefit, today I make a commitment, or today I renew my commitment to 
to live sacrificially for you. Today, I, I, I make a commitment to live and love like you in my home, where I work, in this city, or wherever you have me. I will gladly pay the price of living for your pleasure and glory, of laying my life down for the good of others, of living in obedience to your will. And I pray that I would experience you at work in and through my life as I experience the joy of being a part of what you're doing in my family, where I work, in my city, and in my world. Anywhere, anytime, anything, I am yours, Lord. This is my commitment. And as I come forward for communion and take the bread and the juice, I do so as an act of commitment and worship that I too will live sacrificially for the benefit of others, doing your will for the benefit of others. Take my life and use it for your purposes and glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.